What's up, George? What's going on in the House of Craze tonight? In the House of Craze, we have our very special guest, Mr. Melvin Cartagena. He's going to be on the show talking to us about his project. And we are also going to be talking about not crossing streams. Coming up next. Don't cross my path, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'll be your host with the most Santa Crazy Man. Very I am with George the Dreamer Medina. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. We are on the show today with another creator. We're going to be talking to him about his project, his book, and uh, we're also going to be talking, you know, your uh, Get Your Meds segment is going to be about not crossing streams. We'll explain that in a little bit don't cross the streams we are also going to be talking to you about some indie news coming up in a few minutes but before we do all that please subscribe to the channel make sure you like comment you know hit that bell if you want to know when we go live we usually do so on wednesday evenings some tuesday evenings we definitely go live on thursday mornings at 9 a.m so make sure you you check us out there but uh yeah no what's going on sammy how you doing today my friend I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, the landing page for there's nailing on my toilet. Let's go in the news. Let's let's first talk about you. I want to, I want to talk about you, Sam. Forget the project for a second. Let's just talk about you. I know you're stressed out. You're a man with a lot on your mind. You know what I mean? You're always thinking. Even as we're talking, I'm on a tornado watch. (laughs) It it, it is May 13th. Now, listen, for those who don't know, obviously we record in the past. We're in the present for the future, right? So right. this is March 29th when this is being recorded. It's going to be airing on May 13th. So we don't know a lot of what's going to happen. 
at that time. But right now, you're this is tornado season in Texas. For those in who don't Texas. know, Sam moved to Texas from Jersey. So you're in Texas. Yes. It's hurricane, no, tornado season. Tornado season, yes. So right we now, just had, we just tornado. had uh, a week ago or two weeks ago uh, a scare. And uh, it missed our town um, by like five minutes um, because it was en route to us. Um, It destroyed uh, two towns over, just the high school, homes. It just wreaked havoc. And we were getting slammed with hail and rain and winds on our end. And then it just changed direction last minute before it came to my town. Um, And... uh, so now we're on alert for another one. There's another, there's a, there's a series of them. There's a few of them that are hitting several states and we're on its path. Uh, so we're on alert from tonight through tomorrow uh, for this. And uh, so, you know, de- you know, dealing with that, um, you know, figuring out the game plan on how to, you know, grow this channel and the books and everything else. And, you know, yeah. Keeps, you, keeps your mind preoccupied and i think i gotta go i think i'm gonna have to go and see a neurologist or somebody because i've been getting a lot of headaches i don't know if it was from that fall that i had um way back. you've been busting your butt over there <laughs> literally like yes, just I, i've been nuking on the concrete and um um i've been getting i've been getting a lot of headaches and yeah. so i don't know if there's a i gotta go check that out but outside of that you know all's good in the hood and uh you know um you know again if you're watching this and you like if you like Cassie Cray, subscribe. Please stay with us. You know, if you're an indie creator and you subscribe to be on the show and you desubscribe um, um, after you subscribe, you know what? We're that's gonna find it. out who you are. You're not get you're not you're not invited back. And, uh, that's it. There's no love for us, there's no love for you. That's how it works. Um, but uh yeah, yeah. So that's what's what's going on. And um, again, I'm just excited about what's to come with um duty and with Wonder Duck. Let's talk about it. Why don't we go indie news? Yeah, I know. Right? We got to go to indie news. Yes. Tops in the Bronx. Tops in the Bronx. Yeah, so for all those who have already pledged to the campaign for the Adventures of Wonder Duck, thank That's you right. so much. That's right. I am hoping that by now I funded. It is May 13th. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, it's it's done. Uh, the campaign ends on May 20th. Uh, yeah, I think have chance. You know, I'm predicting this back then. I think George is going to fund it the first hour. Oh man, let's see. Let's see how. Let's see how good that prediction is. When you're going to fund is. in hour one. Ah, uh, I wish. Uh, but yes. So for those who are watching, just make sure that um, you know if you haven't done so yet, please go there pledge. I know there were a few of you who had who were you know watching the pre-launch. Page and for those who have already pledged to it, who were there from the beginning, you're about to get one of these guys in your package. Thank you very much. Just want to give you, um, want to show you guys this is the cover for the homage cover for issue. You know, it's the homage cover, obviously, everybody knows nice. Spider Man number 300. This was done by a friend of mine, Mr. Joe Holly. He did the artwork on it, he did Wonder Duck in that pose, and Victor Claudio colored the piece itself. So, this is the homage cover. Uh, the book is obviously it's in it's in full color. Um, can't wait for you guys to get it. So that was my proof. But I've also ha- got some uh, to come in just so that I could see what they look like. So I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to continue to talk about it. I, I I've been on a few shows. I know Sam, you did like 30 shows 
<laughs> last time you yeah, were that's on. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> and so, so just so you guys know, if you guys want to keep up, um, I am going to be, I'm scheduled to appear in a few shows and I have some dates here for you and times. Uh, Russ Explode, I'm scheduled to be on that show on the 15th, which is, I believe, this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a live show, so please make sure you hit that up, you check it out. I'm also scheduled to be on the Raisin, uh, with the Raisin 2 with Nita and Daphne on Monday, the 16th at 11 a.m., live on their show, so check that out. And then on uh, the 17th, which is Tuesday, I'm scheduled to be on Nerds of the Round at 9 p.m. So if you follow, please follow those channels. Uh, check me out there. I am going to be giving things away for anybody who pledges live on those shows. So tune in for some free stuff. I'm always just giving away free stuff. Word. But, um, but yeah, just come on. Anybody who pledges live on those shows are going to be getting some cool stuff. I won't spoil the fun. It's a surprise. And I'll let you guys know when you watch the show. But you will be getting some free stuff if you pledge. So that's what's going on, man, in uh, in the world of the adventures of Wonder Duck. What's going on with duty, my friend? Yeah, so the landing page is live. Sign mm -hmm. up today. Be the first one. The, the early bird bundle. You're not going to want to miss that one. That one's fire. Um, so check it out. I'm excited about this. I've been really, really honing duty's look. Um, you know, going back to the nice, the softer look that I always started out with. Um, um, so I'm excited about um, him and um I'm working on the trading card game and the the universe and all the characters with it and also plotting out Duty's ongoing series yeah. um, because that that it, it extends even further. So um, I'm hoping, you know, we, you know, there's a milestone, 86 backers on the last campaign. I'm hoping to double that on the next campaign. So I'm hoping that if you read it, um, those of you who got the digital copy, if you read it and those of you by now got the physical copies, um, I love to get your feedback. Um, let me know what you thought about it, and um, you know it, uh, it's uh, exciting. If you got any selfies with it, reading it, send it to me. You know, yeah, I will post it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So designated my toilet launches May thirty first. Exciting. Sign up. Um, Sign know. up right now. Yeah, yeah. So there's gonna be three, three, four campaigns for duty in twenty twenty two. Four campaigns. So the first four issues would be in twenty twenty two. So um, you know. This is your opportunity to collect the series, and you know I get it to you fast. So um, um, that's my my goal is to turn it around quickly. Um, so it's going to be fun. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, the the the, the second volume trading cards is fire. Cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, there's more stuff coming uh, from the house of craze. Oh, one more thing on the adventures of Wonder Duck. I mean, obviously, you guys already know if you've been on the campaign, but there is a comic book for kids bundle on the campaign so make sure you hit that up for those who do pledge to the campaign you will be getting a certified letter from the founder of the foundation thank thanking you for for doing this for the kids you know sam and i we talk about this all the time you know getting books like this for kids is very important yes. if we want our industry to survive we have to get kids reading comics and if kids aren't reading comics, there will be no comics in the future because by the time they grow up, they're not going to know what the heck a comic book is if we don't put it in their hands. Yeah. So we need, you know, our stuff is 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 all ages. Is is, is you know, it's children. There's, there's no TNA. No, there's there's none of that. Um, there's a place for it. Don't get me wrong. Hey, listen, those things are popular, 
but not in, not in the house of grace. Not not in what we're doing not here. We're, doing, yeah. we're definitely gearing it towards a younger audience because we definitely want to see you know the industry continue to uh, to grow. And that the only way to do it is you know is to to reach the kids, man. So that's so it. Yes. You know, that's that, that's basically it. You know, for me, it's like I'm not going to get a cover artist to do a a a TNA pinup just to sell the book. The, the the I'm hoping that families will enjoy the book. That's why we I do it. Um, you know, look, there's a lot of adult content in the world. I think it's like the disparity is like ninety ten, right? So I'm trying to get to that ten percent of the population that appreciates the good wholesome stuff, the good funny stuff, the humor, the slapstick stuff, um, you know, without all that crazy stuff. And I think sometimes you just got to laugh and have fun. Mm -hmm. and be, you know, there's obviously everyone's capitalizing on those trends, um, you know, but um, for what we do, it's really for everybody, not just a limited. You, you know, it's great. The, the reason why those, those TNA comics exist are because the people who were reading comics when they were kids have aged out and now they're older. They're, they're grown men, grown women who want to see something more than just superheroes in their books. Which is but it started with kids. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but also that they've aged out, but they still appreciate the, well, some of them have the, kids, the Looney Tunes, yeah. you know, the, all that stuff, you know? So it's just, you know, it's, it's harder for us um, to get to the audience that we want to get to, but that's fine because we'll, we'll find them and they'll find us. And, um, uh, you know, there's a place for everything, you know, I, you know, um, I agree. You know, but I think, um, you know, what we do is just for a different audience. So if you're out there and you want all ages content and you want to have fun and, um, you know, you, you know, check out Wonder Duck and check out There's Nearly in My Toilet. Yeah, yeah, man. Definitely, definitely, man. And, and that's not to say that we don't also write other kind of stories. I mean, Forbidden, obviously, is not for kids. Um, you're not going to get the TNA no. either. Yeah. But but it, it is more for mature, you know, not mature. I'm not, I don't know if it's mature because it's not, there's no nudity. There isn't anything like that. There's no nudity. I think the closest thing to nudity, to nudity, the closest thing to that is some legs, some thighs, you know, some cleavage, but there's yeah. nothing, nothing racy. Yeah. Hey, think of Princess Leia in, uh, in Star Wars when she's uh, Jabba the Hutt's slave. That That's, I think yes. that's the extent. Yes. That's just the of extent skin. of where it goes. Yeah, and, you know, and you know, I look back on it and I say, yeah. And it's because maybe subconsciously, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I think subconsciously, I always think about my my mom. What would she think if I did this, right? You know, that's always always been. It was just like that one time when I uh, was approached to do, if I was interested of doing um, uh, photos for Playgirl. And I was like, I was, I was in my teens. They saw my, uh, the photographer that did my, my jacket for my album and they saw my photos and they're like, Oh, you know? And I was like, no, my, I can't, my mom, you know, it's like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. It's like, so I think that's the reason why I gravitate towards all ages and more safer stuff. Forbidden is, is, is more mature. You know, there's violence, um, you know, but there's no nudity, um, you know, but that's a different audience. So I'm, you know, forbidden, you know, you know, what, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I mean. People may think, oh, is that all you guys do? You can only write kids. Nah, it's not. We can only write kids' books. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of, of of the 90s cartoons and the, like you were saying, Looney Tunes and, and obviously Disney stuff from the 90s back in the days. And I and, and I used to love G.I. Joe growing up and Thundercats and Voltron and Transformers yeah. and all that other stuff. That was my wheelhouse. That, that's, that's where... That's what I like, but you know, GI Joe was lasers. You know, it wasn't bullets. Yeah, nobody ever got hit until the yeah. movie, yeah, until yeah. until Duke. Yeah, until Duke got the um, the serpent 
in him. That was the first time. That was the first time. It was like it was groundbreaking. Do you remember that? No. The G.I. Joe, the movie, when Serpentor like throws that. the thing and he goes into, into Duke. And then he's like, and I'm like, oh, and I, every, I was devastated. Everyone was like, oh, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I was such a big G.I. Joe nerd. And I was like, no. You know, got tears in my No, Duke. You know, and I was like, Falcon, how could you? And, uh, and that was the closest make, thing to, 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 to real violence because the lasers, it blew up ships. It blew up the cars. But yeah. no one ever got hit. Yeah, they needed to make way for the new uh, the new line of toys that was coming out. Yeah. When, Flint, when Flint became the leader of the G.I. Joes, you know what I mean? So they had to get rid of uh, no, Duke. No, Duke did die. What? Spoiler alert, he didn't die. No, Duke uh, didn't die. But what I'm saying yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying, Flint was gonna yeah. was coming up. So they were they were trying to sell those toys. Because back then, if you think about it, they, they it was all toys and stuff like that. Like, you know, the, the Transformers and all that other thing. They were trying to sell toys, which we don't have today. Like we don't have those, we have action figures, right? We call them action figures. You know, it's like and they're collectibles, and you can't open them out of the package, otherwise they lose their value. It's not the toys we grew up with, right? Like you got your GI Joes, you took them out of your package right away, and you started playing with them. Right. It wasn't like oh, I'm gonna keep this in the in the plastic in the in the in the, in the package because 30 years from now they're gonna be worth some money. You had no idea they were gonna be worth anything. You just started playing with them. I still have GI Joes that are all messed up, bro. Like because I had no idea I was just playing with them. You know, they were just toys to me. Now they're action figures and they're collectibles. You know, it's different now. Yeah, yeah, and I think, but again, you know, the the you you said something that's very interesting that I found interesting. There isn't that um, craze that there was back then when it came to the the product and the and the toys. Um, you know, it's it's, it's there moments in time, but before GI Joe lasted a long time. Oh man, you know, you know He Man lasted a long. You know, you know, GI Joe outlasted He Man, but they, you know, they lasted a long time, a couple yeah. few years, and so you don't see that as much anymore. Um, um, the way that those things like really hit on a uh, a universal because you had to collect them all. You had to collect them all. Like it was a collection. You had to collect all of the GI Joes. Even when you were buying, like even later on when the Turtles came out, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Turtles, Turtles, you yeah. had to collect all four Turtles. You had to collect the the bad guys. All the, all the you know the uh, the, the, the yeah. minivan and all that other stuff like you have to collect you had to collect even He Man you had to collect. you can't have Castle Grace go without Snake Mountain right you had to have yeah. yeah exactly you had to have all of that stuff you had to have the airplanes yeah. you know what I mean for GI Joe like oh it, the it Tomahawk was, I yo, saw it was the bananas oh was my god bananas. the multi yeah, carrier. And then when you bought shipwreck, you know, you had to buy the boat. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to have oh, you got snow job, you had to get the ski. You had to, you, you know, know what I mean? Mobile. It was brilliant. Yeah. And, and yeah. I feel like kids, I, I don't know, because I don't have kids, so I don't know what the craze is right now. But I feel like even these kids, you know, you get a Batman figure here and there, a Superman figure, but you're not collecting it. You know what I mean? Like you just that's what it is. And yeah. and and for those who are watching, if you have kids out there, let us know what is the craze. What is the craze that your kid yeah needs right now what is the toy they want right now let us know leave a comment down below and let is us it know duty? is it duty will is it be it, duty is it the adventures or is it wonder duck is, is that guy is it this guy that they, that they want i wish is it darius um, uranius Darius. <laughs> yeah man i don't know i don't know i think i need some medicine oh let's get it let's get it Time for your medicine. Don't cross the streams. 
1980, what was it, 84? When, when did the, uh, when did the uh, Ghostbusters come out? Was it 84? 83? 83, 84? Yeah, 83, I think it was. Right? When they were when they were going. I just ordered, I just ordered the art of the original Ghostbusters. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> nice, it's nice. 240 pages. Yeah, I'm waiting for it wow, to come. Wow, that's awesome. And, yeah. and one of the things, one of the things that the, that they were when they were figuring out, when they were figuring out how to how to how to bust these ghosts, <laughs> and they had the, the proton packs and they were shooting their, their streams. One of the things that 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 was law was do not cross these streams, right? Why? Because it didn't have the same effect. It didn't have the same power when you cross these streams. And so I they also that, said that when they were, when, when you had threesomes, don't cross whoa, streams. Easy. <laughs> Here we are talking about how we're, we're all kids friendly. And this dude is talking about menage a trois. What is going on, dog? Oh, across the sign. It's a wrap. He did it himself. Oh. Anyway, the point, <laughs> when Sam, Sam and I, we chat a lot off, off the air. We're friends. That's my boy. We talk on the phone a lot. We're always talking about, you know, the show and what we're going to do outside yeah. of just regular stuff. And one of the things we talked about was what we noticed on social media, right? And when I talk about, when we talk about streams, yes, we talk about the Ghostbusters, but we're always also talking about whether it's, your live streams on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, or whatever, is a different kind of stream. And I feel like, and we feel like, as an independent creator and as as a celebrity or like, you know what I mean, or, or hoping that we are more, we kind of have to try to keep things separate. Yes. Our personal from our profession lives. I think that those things need to be two separate entities when you're trying to build a brand, build a business. Yes. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of that gets kind of like mm, like this among, especially amongst indies and smaller creators, because we don't know how to not cross those streams of personal and business. And and so that and that's what the topic is about, basically. It's, it's about people losing their minds on that, social media and forgetting the fact that you're trying to build an audience and promote your stuff. Why are you airing all your dirty laundry? Why are you attacking each other? You know, if you're going to do that, have a separate account for your personal stuff and then have your account for your business. But don't cross it because you're just hurting yourself. Because what happens is people get tired of hearing that stuff. People are like, yo, don't go over there. That's just too, that's just crazy over there. You know, yeah. you know what you got to pick and choose. Which, what do you want? You want a platform to just just rip on people and just, you know, just air out your dirty laundry. Then don't create, you know, but if you're going to have you to create something, keep it separate so that nobody knows that you got this other side, you know what I mean? It's like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm keeping it real, I'm keeping a hundred. No, you're keeping it real dumb <laughs> because it's brand damaging. Yeah, no, it is, it is, dude, it is. For and it's exactly what you're saying right now. I, I agree with with the oh, you know, you're not being yourself if you're not putting everything out there. And this is me. This is who I am. And it's like, yeah, that that's cool if you don't want to sell anything. Uh, you, you be you could be whoever you want to be, and I appreciate people who are, who keep it real. I appreciate that. But when I'm trying to I'm trying to buy a comic book from you, I don't want to know how many people hate you or how bad of a person you are. Now, listen, I can separate that stuff in my mind because, and I always bring this up because I, you know, Sam knows I'm a huge fan of sports. Okay. But those sports figures outside of those lines are regular human beings, and they're going to have faults. 
So I'm not going to be devastated when I find out LeBron James had an affair. Because you know what? It doesn't affect me. I don't care. As long as he plays basketball and scores 30 points that night, that's all I care about. But if LeBron James is throwing his views on things on me and I don't agree with him, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to stop watching him. I don't want to know anything about him anymore. And I think it's the same thing with us. Even to a more, even, even more, because LeBron can afford to do that kind of stuff because he already has the money. We can't afford to do that. You know what I mean? I don't, what do they say all the time? You don't discuss politics and religion, right? Because you're always going to have an argument about it. But people continue to do those things because they think they're keeping it real. And I see some nasty stuff, man. Some nasty back and forth oh, on social, man. Like, why am I seeing this? I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Aren't you a comic creator? What the heck? What are you doing? Why are you talking about, you know what I mean? Like, you know. What's your mind? Yeah. Politics, religion, all that other stuff. Let's keep it out, man. This is, this should be our safe space, right? When all of that stuff is going on outside, this right here, this creative space should be our safe space. And I, and, I, and I believe that wholeheartedly because yeah. that's the only way. You know what I'm I mean? going to record, let the, put the cat out the bag. Uh-oh. If we used to talk, and you're one of those people that are constant, it's always negative stuff you're putting out there, and you realize we haven't talked in a minute, is because I got turned off by that stuff. That's why I dipped. That's why you don't see me anymore in your chats or anything like that because it's just toxic. And for me, it's like, that's just my cue. I'm out, you know, because we're, we're I'm trying to, do something positive. We're trying to build a brand. We're trying, you know, there's no place for that here, you know, and if we have any kind of issues with anybody, we deal with it uh, offline personally, you know, and we have a conversation with that individual. We're not going to go and put that person on blast. I've had many issues with other people, but I never put them on blast on social media. You know, what I mean? you know me? I've had many issues. Yeah, I got people all over the place. Everywhere. It happens. It, 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 look, listen, people are not going to see eye to eye all the time. Right? right. They're not. And and if you do have opinions about certain topics, dude, create your own personal account, your own personal stuff. And, and, and you pick and choose who follows you there and what you do there. I just think that those things need to be separated. If you're selling a book, talk that's all you talk about in this one um, social media uh, page. It's all you talk about is that. You know what I mean? The two shall never cross. Your personal stuff is your personal stuff. Your business stuff is your and business. And there's, there's going to be people who always feel like they want to impose their will on you or their opinions on you or or when I say hate, right? I've seen it. I've had posts out there when I'm promoting something and somebody would come in and, and, and try to, you know, um, trash it, right? Yeah, yeah, I control that post, so I just delete it. I remove it. Don't give it air. Don't give yeah. it oxygen. Keep you know, it moving. It's the biggest problem that, Pete, that celebrities, I'm going to say, have with Twitter is because everybody's got an opinion about somebody. And, yeah. everybody, and now you have a lot of people who feel very, very brave behind the screen saying whatever the hell they want to say as they're typing that stuff away because they feel like I can just say whatever I want to say. Cool. You can say whatever you want to say. I can block you whenever I want. I can remove you whenever I want. You know what I mean? Like you can't let that stuff, you know, just sit there and, and bother you, but you can't bring it on yourself either. <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? You know, you, a hard, you, you can control that. A hard example, an unfortunate example, but a hard example is that whole scenario with Will Smith and, and Chris Rock, right? Chris Rock had had a decision to make, two decisions to make when that incident happened. Number one, strike back. He made the motion and he stopped 
and he caught himself. And he said, he chose, you know what? I'm not going to. Then after he was verbally challenged um, by Will, when he says, keep my wife's name out your mouth, he says, oh, I can. And then he caught himself again and he stopped and he just stayed focused. So he had, so again, the choice is yours. You have a decision. Go left or go right. But you also own the consequences of that. So if you're a creator and you're trying to build your brand and you keep going left, you're going to get left behind. And then you're going to find out why is it hard for me to, nobody's giving me, everyone, everybody sucks. They hate on me, all this stuff, whatever. Is it everybody or is it you? That's the that's the biggest the, the, the question. So I think what you, you have to just be realize that you have a choice to make. Bring that upon yourself and, 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 and cause unnecessary stress to yourself. Or keep it moving and you just create and have fun and just block and remove the nonsense. You don't have to give it energy. When we give it energy, we're fueling that fire and, and fire is turned to blazes and those blazes will burn the house down. Yeah. And, and it's only going to hurt you because, you know, you're trying to build a brand. Your brand's not built yet and you're, you're wasting more energy on some of this negative stuff that's going right. to keep you from, from creating what you want to create. And it's just not worth it, man. It's just not worth it to me. I, I like, listen, I, I like peace and quiet. You know, I'm too old to be dealing very with drama. Very old. I'm ancient. I'm an ancient man. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with that stuff anymore. You know yes. what I mean? Like I, you know, I choose peace. So yes. do not cross the streams. Try to keep your stuff separate. If you're a young, if you're a young creator coming into this game, it's gonna be a lot of stuff that happens. In Everyone's here. gonna push your buttons. You're going to cat. Keep it separate. separate. This is my comic. This is my product. This is my project. Whatever. And then this is my my other my other social media page for my friends, family, haters, and lovers. Chaos. You know what I mean? Right. Keep it separate from what you're doing over here. Word. You know. And if you are going to include people over here, bring the positive people over here. The people who who are there on your corner, on your side, supporting you. Bring those people over here. Uh, but don't don't bring that that negative stuff over there. Do not cross the streams. Um, Word. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, you so, there, no, so, yeah, so um, there are many reasons to subscribe to the channel, but who, oh. wants, who wants to hear from us, right? So we're going to let you hear from our previous guests, and then when we come back, we're going to come back with our guest, uh, Melvin Cartagena, and we're going to be talking about all the things that he creates. So um, should you subscribe to Cast the Craze? Let them tell you. It's Monty Moore. I am a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies. And you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Catch the Craze. You are watching Catch the Craze. What am I listening to? And you're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do? Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent. Have you subscribed to? You are an independent. Catch the Craze! Making moves on your own. Catch the Craze! On your grind in the streets. Catch the Craze! Join the movement. Catch the Craze! Welcome, 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 Melvin, to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Good night, folks. So I think it's good afternoon where you are, I guess, where you guys are. We are, it's, it's 8 o'clock, 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. on my, uh, where I am. Where, what time oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's also my time zone. But I heard somebody say that we're from Texas. So I figure you're about a couple oh. of hours ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's 7, 7.30 for me here. Well, um, 
Good afternoon or good evening. Thank you so much for inviting me. I guess yes. uh, I have to get my head around that. That time is irrelevant in the times that we live now. And through this little common point, time, it doesn't matter. Distances, time zones. It's so gone the window. It's all about creativity. The world has shrunk. Like now yes. it's like we're all in the same time zone. We've had people from Australia, from Singapore. Like it's just, it's nuts. And it's like six o'clock in the morning, or two, three o'clock in the morning for some of these people. It doesn't even matter. But, uh, but Melvin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we're happy to have you here and, and talk about your project before we even. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. Before we um, begin, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Okay, so my name is Melvin Cartagena. Um, I am a creator, I guess. I don't want to say I'm a cartoonist because I comics is part of it, but I consider myself more a writer who happens to make comics rather than a cartoonist. I'm interested in exploring storytelling. In all the forms. So, for example, audio drama, that's something that I'm very interested in. And it's something that's come back. It was, like, very popular in the 40s and 50s. It kind of went away when cinema sort of peaked. Yeah. But now we're in a place where cinema might be on the way down. I don't know. Entertainment is in a weird place right now. So, opportunity for us. But one of the things that has that has caused to happen is um, audio drama is coming back. There are people now who just start doing it on their own. They just simply learn how to write for that format. They record, they put it out there, and it reaches people, and it's uh, sustainable. So that's one aspect that I'm very interested in. I am interested in also in YouTube, like a web series. I see people doing some really clever, inventive things mm. in, in, in that format, in that particular format that lends itself very well to the found footage genre. Mm. I don't know if you call it a genre, but for a while it was a genre. Now it seems to be, I don't know exactly what it is. I'm also interested in... Uh, audiovisual, not necessarily the movies, but streaming. Streaming is really cool. There's some awesome stuff on streaming also. Yeah, so yeah. I'm very interested in all of those. And all of those start with writing, with, you know, someone just putting words on paper. Like uh, the post that you had yesterday, the, the crazy man, you put, you put a post of yourself, you were holding a, a script you wrote. Right. Yeah. Yes. I saw, and I was like, that is so cool. Like, that's it. Everything starts with that. Whatever it is from a musical to the big $100 million epic, whatever, it starts with pen on paper. That's yes, right. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yes. So um, about myself. Yeah. So one of the things that I completed recently is I made a comic book. And um, how would I say this? Okay. So I made the comic book and I, I kind of realized like in a way making the comic book is the easy part because it's okay. Now I made this. Uh, what I do now? Like I want people to read this. I don't know what to do. Like I'm like, Okay, let me start here. Let me start on Twitter. I spend time on this platform. It's a bit shrill and hysterical, but it's also like a really awesome platform. Right. So I started reaching out to people, and you guys were one of the ones that reached it, and you very graciously just invited me over. So yeah, I made that, and and, and I wanted to get a word out to people. And um, do you want me to get into it a little bit, like what it is about well, and such? So before you even get into that, I, you know, I'm interested in knowing some of your, your background. Like, are you... Do you, when did you start writing or, or do you also, I know you said you, you, you're a cartoonist. When, when did you, when did that bug bite you, man? Like, when did it become a thing where like, yo, I, I have to create these stories. Like, how did it happen? Okay. So uh, a bit of a roundabout answer. Let me see. So I think as soon as I could read, I started writing and I like where like a good writer takes you, you know, like through words alone, where they can take you to, um, and I guess I gravitated towards science fiction. I love a genre that is driven by ideas. You know, like it's a genre where I, the idea sort of carries the story and the characters are kind of vessels for the ideas. Right. And there were certain writers that would just, you know, some writers are like, okay, this is kind of cool. I enjoy that. But then there are some writers you're reading or it, it could be in comic book form or it could be in movies, but 
you read it or you watch the movie and you're like, like, what is this? Like, it, it, there's something beyond the entertainment. It's something extra, something you cannot really define it, but it's, it's a little beyond the, the experience that you expect. They take you a little beyond what you expect, a little over what you expect. And at some point I was like, Who's done that I want to do that. Like, I want to write something and I want to have the same impact that this author had on me. I want to have that impact on someone. No, so I started real, real quick, Mel. Who who's done that for you? Who who who? who okay, so there's a few. One is a uh, Harlan Ellison. I don't know if you guys familiar with Harlan Ellison. Who he was. He passed away a couple of years ago. He was a writer. Um, you could say science fiction, fantasy, but he also had social commentary. I know that's like a taboo word to say at the moment because everything social commentary is kind of supplanting entertainment. But that's the thing. He did both. He could do both. Like, you were entertained. You were blown away. But he still had interesting things to say. And it's always been that way. Um, you guys were commenting earlier about how keep politics out of it. Don't get personal. Just simply tell your story. But some people can do that. Some people have that ability. I, I think anybody who writes can do that. But it's just, you know, entertainment has to take a... a um, sorry. But Melvin, no, no. What you're saying, I, I see, I, I like social commentary in stories. Uh, we're saying keep it out of your feed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yes, yes, definitely. Create a story about that. That's great. Let's do it. Let the, your character saying this, and he believes that, and he opens up your eyes to, oh my god, I never saw it that way. Yes, absolutely. But when you open up the floodgates to people to have opinions on stuff that you're doing, now it just becomes a battle of words, and nobody's really listening. You understand what I'm saying? But I think that that's yes, the yes. difference. But go, I'm sorry, carry on. Go ahead. We were saying. Yes. Okay, no problem. Yeah. So as I said, so Harlan Nelson was one writer who did that. He showed me that you can, you know, tell a fun, entertaining or mind-bending story and still have something to say beyond the story itself, but still deliver entertainment. William Gibson is another one who had a profound impact on me. I remember reading Johnny Mnemonic. I actually little brief anecdote. I found a book at a used bookstore. One of those that has like the first half of the book was the screenplay. And that was cool because I've never seen a screenplay up until then. This is back in the days when screenplays were like a hard thing to find. I could just type it up right now and look it up. Yeah. So there was the screenplay and the second part was the story, the actual story of Johnny Mnemonic. And I read that and I was just, <laughs> what is this? Like, what the hell is this? There was just some, I couldn't even articulate it at the moment, but it was just there's something going on here. And I started looking at that story. I started doing what I call, first you're a fan, then you're a student. Like you, you admire certain people and you decide, okay, I want to do what this guy is doing. So you start studying, then you cannot read it, but you're breaking it down now. You're kind of decomposing it. You're sort of, okay, how do you structure that in such a way that you have that impact that you had on me? So he did that with Johnny Mnemonic and then with Neuromancer and then with Count Zero and to this day, he's still doing that. I'm, the most recent set of books, I haven't read them all, but uh, again, I like what he was doing with them. So that's another one. One that had a big impact on me also was uh, Philip K. Dick. Uh, am I saying a familiar name? Philip K. Dick. What did he write? Philip K. Story? Dick. He is best known for uh, Blade Runner, like um, yes. Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. But I actually don't look at that one as the one that has had an influence on me. Um, a few years ago, probably more than a decade ago now, uh, Richard Linklater made a movie of a novel of his called A Scanner Darkly. Mm -hmm. And that was just uh, so bizarre. It had to do with a guy who seems to have an average job, like a guy who doesn't seem to be very common. But it turns out he's an undercover cop. And he's trying to track down a drug dealer who deals with this, um, of this drug that causes the brain to split into independent hemispheres. Oh, wow. 
So it makes, you know, each part of the brain operate independently of the other. And this cop, to uh, blend into the part, he is also taking that drug. So the result is now he's almost like two split personalities. And the person, I'm kind of spoiling the story, but I'm allowed to say this, but I, if I can get you guys to read it, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. So what, <laughs> what happens is it splits his brain into two hemispheres, and he doesn't realize. He's actually looking for himself. He's actually investigating himself. Wow. See, and again, that was just one of those, <laughs> like, yeah, wow, funny. like identity, uh, time paradoxes, and what is the third one? Time travel. Those are like the tripods on which science fiction is built. And identity is one that I'm very uh, obsessed with. Mm. The idea that you're, you know, what you experience is what you're experiencing is an, it's something being projected through someone's consciousness at you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Philip K. Dick did that over and over and over. So that is another writer who had an impact on me. And the comic book that I made kind of touches on that. I, I want to talk about it a little without being too spoilery. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Ah, let's see. Let's start. What's the, what's the title of the book? Okay, it's titled The Plot, and it involves... I'm using tropes. Um, one thing that I like to do is I like to recycle tropes, mm -hmm. and it's almost like a Frankenstein thing. Like, I, I took okay. this thing, which is Men in Black, but um, not Men in Black from the movie, you know, the Will Smith movie. It's a fun movie and all that, but... Men in, the Men in Black, as originally conceived in the uh, late 1950s, there was this, this ufologist who mentioned them for the first time. And the way he describes them in this book, they're terrifying. They sound like um, they're this bizarre thing uh, that wear black suits, talking outdated lingo, and seem to have um, painted on features. Like the way they described them sounds terrifying. Right. And so I took that. I took consumer culture, you know, the idea like your phone is listening on you and that we've also kind of accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. I took these two elements and then I incorporated this thing from, I'm going to say the 70s, the, in, but in the 60s, it was also popular. The whole thing, the, the idea of the sleeper agent. Okay. Back in the days when the Soviet Union was still a thing. I don't know if this is true. I think it's been debunked actually by people, but the idea that Russians would train an agent, send them to America, and the person would live a normal life, would just carry on, would never know that he's an agent. So one day he gets a phone call and they say a password and that password activates the agent. Right. And I just love that. Like, I love stuff like that. I don't particularly believe in it, but uh, I find that stuff so fascinating. So I took these three elements and I combined the story about um, uh, an assassin, an assassin who uh, has to take out a presidential candidate. Oh, wow. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to say too okay. much, but um, I'm, you guys will include a link. And um, yeah, that, that's the basic thrust of it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any questions for me. Yeah, absolutely. Or you want to get further into that without getting too spoilery, of course. Yeah. I, yeah. We, we don't want to spoil anything, but that's interesting. So, so tropes. So those are the major tropes that you like as a writer. When you're, when you're sitting down on a blank screen and you're about to start writing, do you write an outline or are you more of like, I already know what's in my head. Let me just go in and you just attack and start writing. Like what, what is your process? Uh, I think I use all of those. Like sometimes um, maybe you guys can, um, maybe you can relate to this. I guess it happens with you guys, but sometimes you just have a line of dialogue. Like it comes from someone says something yeah. and maybe you misunderstood it or 
maybe it's just a casual thing. You saw it in a book. You you heard it in a movie. It could be just a line of dialogue, but it stays with you. Like for the next few days, that line stays with you. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I will do is um, I'll just I have two characters interacting. Like I'll just sit down. So I, I'm doing this thing now more recently where I'm actually writing a notebook with pens. So I'll just have two characters interact. Like uh, maybe one character will say the line. The other character will interact and it goes back and forth. Yeah. And I'm kind of seeing where it goes, seeing where it takes me. Mm-hmm. And I'll keep going with that until I feel like it's going nowhere. Like it, like I'm forcing it rather than letting the characters just unfold, letting things unfold through the characters. I'll do that. And if I stop doing that, then I'll say, okay, maybe this happens next. And I'll write an outline. And then what I might do next is uh, just leave it for a couple of days and come back to it. And it's a, it's like a, almost like a, the cut-ups, like the cut-ups, it's just a symbol. Like it could be bits of dialogue, then there'll be descriptions, then they'll go back to dialogues again, then there'll be like a set description. So when I put it all together, it's really just a dialogue. It'll be like, it, it's just like random papers. It's a big mess. It's a, like a random mess at first. That's but awesome. once I have enough, once I have like a few pages of that, then I'll sit down and I'll try to put it in a format, like maybe let's say a screenplay format. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the the comic book format. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but the comic book format of panel one, right. uh, page page one, panel one, I don't really like that. I find that too restricting. I prefer to just do either just dialogues only with nothing and maybe a little bit of set description or a screenplay format, then take that screenplay format later and start kind of like picking out thumbnails from it yeah. and then go from there. Yeah. So yeah. those are, that's my method, really. That's, um, <clears throat> how does that work for you guys? What is your method? I'm interested to see, uh, curious to see how you guys work. For me, for me, I mean, it, it depends on, on, well, I'm a writer, so I'm going to be sending that, that script out to the artist, right? And, oh, we okay, talked, okay. and we talked about how small the world has become. So now I can, I can, you know, contact a, 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 an artist in the Philippines, for example, and say, hey, I have a script. Can you draw it for me? I, for me, I personally write page one, panel one, right? Mm. And in my descriptions, however, I won't put camera angles. I'll just say what's going on, maybe what expression the character has on his face so the, so the artist knows what to draw and what's happening, right? And then panel two, panel three, I leave it open for them to do however they want, whatever angles they want. But I feel like having that at least that kind of that kind of like um, I guess outline for them makes it just easier for them to say, okay, I know what he kind of wants. You know what I mean? If yes, I'm working yes. with if I'm working closely with it with an artist, then it's different. Then I can just write, like you said, then I can just write a page and say, hey, how do you see this thing breaking down? And let them break down the thumbnails yes. and say, okay, no, I see this here, I see this there. But I do like writing dialogue. I think dialogue is one of the most fun things to write. And when I start writing, I start, like you said, I'll have an outline, but I'll start with dialogue. And then the dialogue breaks up into the panels. That's how I do it. I don't know how Sam um, does his thing. But yeah, that, that's, that's usually what I do. Uh, because I do both. I write and I illustrate my own work. Um, uh, all depends. I like writing um, traditional DC style format scripts if I'm going to draw something maybe like a few months from now. Because it helps me refresh my memory on the direction I'm going. Um, but there's a book that I, I created uh, called There's Nailing on My Toilet, which I don't have a script for. I, I illustrate. I go straight to page. Um, I hear I hear him talking, and I go straight to page. Um, uh, so it all depends on the project. If it's a if it's an, a project that has a lot of uh, moving parts, a lot of detail, then I will be very descriptive for myself. Um, 
And in, in the event that I do use a, a third party, another artist, it's there for them to interpret as well. Because, you know, I look at it, you know, I, I try to follow the sequence of going left to right, up and down um, and, and how the page is going to flow when I'm mm. um, illustrating. So I think about that. And if I don't know the artist, I want to give them as much detail as possible. So that way there's less questioning. Now they have creative liberty. They might say, you know, you wanted four panels on this page, but I, I felt that I can do it in one one panel or two panels. Um, and if they captured that same emotion and in, in scene, I run with it, you know, so I'm not that restrictive. Uh, so it all depends on the project. That is, I guess, the wonder about comics that you can be very loose with it. You can be yeah, very, yeah. um, like you said, like both different methods, but the result is, you know, like the result is there, like you get it done. Right. So I find that I love that about it. And I guess getting a little bit into the plot, how I made that, it's a bit interesting because what happened was in 2019, I drew a bunch of pages and they were actually, there was no dialogue. It was just pages of an action, which you will see in the, in the graphic novel if you guys take a look at it. And I got to a certain place and I stopped. And I couldn't keep going with it any further. Like, I didn't know what happened next. I kind of put it aside. And then, you know, 2020 starts, lockdown happens. And I look at it again. And I just, this is maybe, I'm going to say seven months later. I look at it again, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing things that I didn't see there before. Like, I could see possibilities. Like, I could see, okay, maybe I could keep going if I do this. And so what I did is I took the artwork. I started photocopying parts of it. And then I took post-its and I would stick one like where I thought dialogue should go and I would write that. And then I would take another copy and write something else. And like something like, it's kind of uncanny, but the, the story, the narrative started appearing through these copies and these post-it notes. So I started doing that and I'm like, when I did that first, I, I was kind of bummed out because I, like I was drawing all this and I was excited because I was like, oh, I'll tell a story that's silent. There's no dialogue. And then it just, it did ends. Literally, I run into a brick wall. Like, I, I can't finish it. So I was kind of bummed out about that. And then when I, you know, when lockdown happens, I kind of look at it again. And I'm, wait, no, there is something here. I got something going on here. So I start doing that. I start playing this game a little bit. And I start seeing possibilities. Then I start looking into, okay, what can I do with this? Like, how can I um, take this artwork and do something without, you know, drawing parts over? I didn't want to draw that all over again. And I discovered Canva. And I'm not affiliated with Canva. It's just that uh, it's some fantastic uh, product. I opened an account on Canva. They even have a thing called Comic Strip. Yeah. And I just started using that. I started using that. I started creating cropping panels and putting dialogue. And I'm like, I'm getting excited. Like, it's like, I see this thing. It's picking up speed. Yeah. Like, wow. And that's a good example of going back to what I said about how reality is sort of perceived and how maybe there's something that you cannot understand until you lift a little more experience life a little more. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of what happened. You know, COVID, I think caused change all over the world. Like people started rethinking their lives and all that. And on some level that did that to me, it changed my perception of this artwork that was like uh, seven or eight months old. I started looking at it again. And it's like, I have an entire book here. Wow. So that was awesome because I made an entire book up until then. All I've done is like a couple of short pieces, like a little, like a com like an essay in comic book form about Super 8 film, which I, I like that format a lot. Um, a comic book essay where I was drawing comparisons between Alice in Chains and Philip K. Dick. But it's like 10, 12 pieces kind of thing like that. I've never done a book. And I feel like um, it's almost like a rite of passage. Like you're not a cartoonist, still. you have a book, you know, like the book, you know, like you have to say that. So that was exciting. It's like, yes, I have it. I have an entire book now. Like that was awesome. 
And once, you know, like that little kind of like high wore down, it's like, well, it's the same as before. You have no audience, you know, like I had to face that other fact and I had to start getting into, into the business side of things because up until that point, I've avoided that. Like I, I avoided dealing with that. And that's kind of what you need to your podcast because you address that. You address marketing, you address right. things like that. And I realized I've been avoiding that all this time. I just, I want to like just stay in a little bubble, create and not deal with that side. And yeah. it's, it's important. In some ways, it's almost more important than the art side because there are people, I think we all agree that you wouldn't call, call them great artists or great writers. Yet they probably have very sizable audiences. Yeah. And it's probably because they learn how to work social networks. They learn how to market themselves. And I'm like, well, I think I'm decent. I think I'm pretty good. You know, judging by the feedback I've gotten, I think I got something good here. So I need to just get over, get burst out of that little bubble and start just getting out there, putting the word out there and just deal with whoever doesn't like it and then just work with the people who do like it. Right. So it. that's one thing that happened. Yeah. That's one thing um, in the elements of uh, leading up to the plot. And to draw a comparison to now, I don't know if you guys have been checking uh, out what I've been doing, but for the new comic book that I'm doing, I wrote an interview first, an interview with uh, between a guy who edits a magazine. And how are we doing for time? I'm be, like, I don't want to keep dragging you over yeah. time. I, I'm, I'm, we're, we're yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me give me a shot if I'm going over. Anyway, so <laughs> I wrote this interview that turned out to be a lot longer than I thought it would be. And I started transcribing it. I'm putting little like short pieces where you can see like what I'm typing. And I'm not sure where it's going, but I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna create like an old school magazine layout. And that mag the pages of that are going to be like the chapter headers for the, the narrative. And the narrative involves someone who's looking for four rolls of film that were stolen from a say years ago from a friend of his. And that friend is now dead. And he wants to find that film because it's like, well, no, you're not gonna sell that to a collector. Like that's my friend, so I'm gonna take that back. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but it's going to lead to mayhem and shootouts and all kinds of things. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's how it but starts. But it's, a, it's a, I'm sorry? No, I say that's how it starts. It, it starts with an idea. Yeah, dude. yeah. It started with that interview. Like, I, and I'm sorry, well, I interrupted you again. No, no, I'm just no, saying, no, no, I was just saying that it starts like that and then it just becomes this big idea. But go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. No, that I was saying that I started doing that, not really sure how I'm going to do it. And I'm, even though I said that now, I'm still not sure what that's going to be. But now that it's um, now that I transcribed the interview, I'm gonna start doing the part of laying it out. So I like that it takes me into new places. Like I'm, I'm doing like layouts the way you know all print magazines used to be because um, I'm a fan of that. I, and in this comic book, I want to tap into that. Into like um, you guys probably remember when you were kids, and the only way for you to know about a filmmaker or a writer or someone that you like was through publications. Yeah. So there was an aura of mystery that I feel is gone because a lot of people that you're a fan of, you probably follow them and interact with them on, on social media. Mm -hmm. So I, this one, I want to tap a little bit into that, into that mystique that they seemed so unreachable when you were a kid. So uh, and that's one of the things that I'm doing. And it's something that will come through in the writing. But it's also interesting in that what I'm doing now takes a little bit of what you're doing and takes a little bit of what you're doing yeah, or the process for the, the process. So. It's a, it's a never end that you can just keep going, keep changing for each book and the process will be a little bit different. Yeah, no, no. What, um, the plot, how, how long is, is, is the book, the plot? It's 125 pages and it's uh, split into three parts. One part, I guess I, I don't, I can, it's not spoilery to say it's like a sort of interrogation session mm -hmm. where you start finding out what happened because we cut, we start midway through, you could say we go into something that happened very recently and how it lived to be in there. 
then something happens that takes us into part three. And then a phone call happens that takes us into, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, that takes us into part two. Then a phone call comes through at the same time that a package arrives to the protagonist's door that takes us into part three. So <laughs> again, I apologize for the vagueness, but I feel no. that if I, I undercut the power, if I get too, too detailed. No, 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 you're fine. No, no, I, I appreciate how you're kind of like keeping it in the dark so that it kind of makes people want to pick it up. Speaking of picking it up, where can they get the book? Okay, so I have a Gumroad link. I don't know the best way to say that. It just says gumroad.com slash Robopulp. And I don't know, maybe by chance you guys can include it in your notes when yeah, you post this on absolutely. YouTube. Maybe that'll be there as well. Mm -hmm. um, there is going to, there's a website in the works in which I will include the link there as well because eventually on the website there will be other stuff. But for now, just go to my uh, a Twitter. It's at Robopulp. If you go to my profile, there's a link there that you can click and Okay. Leave your email and you'll get the comic book sent to you to your to your email box inbox. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you a screen and I want you to give us the elevator pitch. Why should someone pick up your book and where can they find you on social media? So here it is. Go for it. Uh, well, thank you so much, folks, for having me over. First of all, I really appreciate that you giving me this much time to just go on and on. Um, the plot. If you like intrigue, if you like suspense, if you're a fan of old school conspiracy theory storytelling, like um, All the President's Men, The Parallax View, uh, The Manchurian Candidate, then the plot is for you. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I am on, so on Twitter. I am uh, at Robopulp on Twitter. I have an Instagram, rubble.pulp. I'm not really using that right now, um, but uh, later on I will be using it. So if you'd like to hit me up there, but I'm very active on Twitter. So that's your best bet. Twitter is really the best place for you to say hello. And when you download the book, let me know what you think. I can take both good and bad criticism. Thank you. Outstanding. So thank you, Melvin, for being on Cast the Craze. Um, you know, we wish you a lot of success and, uh, you know, hope to hear from you down the road in the future. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, you Melvin. You take care, bud. Peace. Bye. Bye. That's awesome. That was uh, Melvin Cartagena. And uh, again, another aspiring creator uh, with a lot of great ideas. And uh, go check out his book. The link is in the summary, guys. Just hit that link. It'll take you directly to his Twitter page and to get his, a copy of his book. Um, and um, if you have any questions or comments, just leave it in the, in the, in the feedback and we'll make sure to uh, pass that on to melvin as well another yeah. good episode yeah no it's it, you know that the the creative process is something that i always love to hear from different creators you know what yes. i mean like I, I melvin's got so many ideas and you know just putting them down on paper and however it is you want there is no wrong or right way i think as long as you're following um the rules of writing you know your plots and your plot devices yeah. and the middle beginning and end and yes. all that other stuff there's really no right or wrong um, you know the story isn't right or isn't good or isn't bad because it's a bad idea it's just how you put it on the paper and if you make it make sense you, you know what i mean and, and um and i think melvin melvin sounds like he's got so many ideas dude i love his energy i really enjoyed, enjoyed yeah. just listening to him uh, speak about his uh his book and not tell us but tell us what it's about. You know, like he was very, I love the fact that he was very secretive about it. It's because it's, right. it, it makes you want to read the book. 125 pages. That's a, that, that's a big book. That's yeah. a big comic. That's a big endeavor, a big endeavor. 
So, so with that said, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a thumb, uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment below. Share it with a friend. Don't forget the Adventures of Wonder Duck is going on right now. Uh, make your pledge today. Get your copy of the event. It's probably funded already by now. And don't forget your boy, Dudarius Uranius, yeah, issue number two, launching May 31st on Kickstarter. Sign up today. You know, take advantage of the early bird special. It's a 48-hour special. You're not going to want to miss this issue. It is fire. Um, so anything from you? Nah, man. I Just like, like Sam said, just uh, if you haven't yet, please pledge to the campaign. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And if you haven't yet, make sure you follow uh, There's an Alien in My Toilet, issue number two. That uh, that link will also be in the show notes. And we will see you next week. Make sure you, you, you tune in on Thursday morning for our morning brew with the crazy crew. That That's his episode seven, but we are way beyond episode seven at this <laughs> point, I'm sure. So make sure you tune into that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because there's a lot of stuff on the channel. Sam's got on Mondays, he's got, you know, the uh, the crazy 10 or less. You know, you have what's in the box. You have this show, um, Catch the Craze. You have the brew with the crazy crew, the morning brew with the crazy crew. So you have a whole bunch of stuff that we're doing. And so make sure you subscribe, man. And that's it. Yeah, let's do well, it. That's it. I'm Sam the crazy man there. George the Gino Medina. And we are out. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking about my friend Aquis. I met him the other day. Say my name. Say my name. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you were thinking? Oh, Why are you describing me? He said, I'm the idiot. What? You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. <laughs> 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 <laughs>